Well, I'm especially excited about today's episode of the Love Your City podcast. Um, my co-host becomes my interviewee today. I'm going to be interviewing Letitia Shelton. How are you today? Yes, very good, Sam. That's good. Yep. <laughs> you said my name then with, with some kind of, uh, you sounded like my mother, but that's okay. <laughs> when I was in trouble. Um, Letitia, your session at Movement Day Australia, um, I think will be, will be talked about around the country for a long time. I think there'll be a lot of... Uh, people tune in to watch the video version um, because of Roger Sutton got up after you and called you a uh, prophet to our nation, and I think that was that was a good description. Um, your message about the need to empower and release women, hmm. Christian women in in our cities, hmm. uh, is is huge. For me, growing up, um, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up. Uh, my parents were separated, divorced when I was young. Um, I was raised predominantly by my mum. I was surrounded by strong women. I was surrounded by women who um, uh, were released. Uh, my sisters, my stepsisters, uh, they had career paths and all that sort of thing. Yep. So I didn't grow up in, a, in, a, in an environment where women were oppressed mm. or, or disempowered. Um, so for me, the fact that this even needs to be a conversation is quite sad and grieving. Mm. Mm. But for you, why is it important? Why is it important to have this conversation? Yeah. Well, firstly, I did grow up in the church, um, but I've grown up in a church that has been extremely releasing. And mm. so that's never been a problem either. So um, it became a problem when I started speaking and traveling and women saying, you know, just how they've got these passions on their heart, but they're not released to do it. Yeah. So this is why it's become, I guess, uh, a bit of an issue for me, uh, why it's important to dress, because if we're talking about city gospel movements, um, we we need the whole body, obviously, and half the body is yeah. females. Um, and so we need to be able to release our women. Uh, do you want me to keep talking? There's so much I can say. Yes, please do. <laughs> I know. This is a passion for you. Um, yeah. So especially around the social justice um, issues, oppression, mm. I think mm. women feel these things. We see the pain in our city. We yeah. see the stuff on the news. We see our neighbours, you know, are struggling, um, single mm. mums. We see the bruises on them. We hear the rape stories. So we want to do mm. something um, because it affects, and I know it affects men too, but women are just wired differently. Yep. Yep. And statistically, um, it's proven that women get a lot more involved in city, you know, um, social justice yeah, issues. absolutely. I think probably men are more involved in church leadership, but women mm. want to get engaged in that mm. area mm. Um, more. So um, let's release them. And sometimes they get angry about things. And I think that's probably scared yeah. the men in the past because yeah. they're like, we've got these yeah. angry women who want to do something mm. and they're just going to go psycho and go out there. That's okay. <laughs> that's cool. We love it. <laughs> uh, let them. <laughs> um, and they'll learn and fail along the way. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful in my life I've been... Um, released and acknowledged and blessed and supported yeah, and protected and yeah. um, it's been a huge platform that's good you've been writing some phenomenal uh do i call them blogs they're facebook posts <laughs> um, are they on instagram as well or just no, no oh, just some have actually some have. Okay. yeah i'm not on instagram no. so i've only seen them on facebook um getting a lot of just a lot of resonance with particularly women but men as well uh, i know i've clicked like on all of them mm, so okay. you know i'm with good you, on you. <laughs> <laughs> um Tell us maybe uh, two or three of your – and the blogs have been about uh, women in the Bible and yeah. women from history who are recording the Bible is doing some incredible things. Tell us your top two or three. to Actually, tell us the stories. I'd love to hear. I mean, I've read them written, but tell us yeah. the stories. Oh, I mean, my favourite woman in the Bible is JL. She mm. um, hammered the tent peg through the enemy's heads. And, and I love her because, um, you know, it had been – 
just years of her watching Caesarea go off to war, mm. um, the commander of the army, mm. um, not on her side, go off to war and, and obviously defeat um, her people and come back dragging little girls. Mm. Um, and so she had just seen this for years. And so finally one day when um, he was defeated and came running for protection, mm. um, she was hammering not just a tent peg through his head, but I think through the injustice, yeah. um, the oppression of little girls in her region. Um, mm. And gee, I felt like hammering tent pegs. <laughs> You're safe, Sam. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but I think that's that anger that rises, that injustice, mm. and um, sometimes it requires a physical action. Now we'd be in prison today, but we've got to find other ways to let that out. Um, sure. But yeah, I love her. Yeah. Uh, another favourite is um, look, they're violent women. The women, <laughs> the woman of Thesbes, uh, another town in the Old Testament where they were under siege, mm-hmm. and all the townspeople ran up into this tower t- um, as Abimelech was coming to destroy them. Mm-hmm. And this woman, I mean, she was up at that tower with a lot of men too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just mm-hmm. the women and children, but this woman sees the enemy coming, picks up a giant stone you know somehow did a great throw because usually women can't throw and hits him in the head and kills him um and again it's just women want to you know especially if their children are under attack they will rise um and so and again this is why we've got to release them because Mm. um our church women are sitting in church watching our girls you know go past the windows Mm. metaphorically speaking Mm. um and and we're not released and empowered. The best yeah. we offer them is women's ministry, cake and coffee, yeah. craft yeah. retreat. Yeah. Um, and we've got to release them to be angry bears. <laughs> I want to hear more stories. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone I get on my the, Facebook page and well, you can way, read them. The way you uh, you draw out so, so much of the context behind those stories, it might, might only be a couple of verses, but the context just gives such power. For me and my wife studying midwifery, I love, mm. I love, love, love that in... in you know, when Moses is under threat mm. because the, the Pharaoh wants him killed, midwives are actually mm. named. You know, mm. God made sure that in the, the story of his people, two mm. midwives would be named as, as yep. standing up against the power of the day yep. and saying, we're not going to succumb. Yep. And these two women will go down in history as, as being heroes of their day. So yeah. the stories like that are just littered through they um, are, you know, scripture. Yeah. And as I've been studying them, because I'm actually writing, little plug, writing a little e-book called The Little... Handbook of Destructive Women. So yeah, stay tuned. Love it. But uh, I actually got a bit cranky the other week thinking mm. I've sat in church and thank goodness, but I've listened to a billion messages on Moses, Joshua, mm. Caleb, and mm. these are great men, but no one's <laughs> preaching yeah. about yep. these amazing women yeah. and our girls. Yep. Everyone needs to hear them, but yep. our young girls need to hear them. You painted quite a sad picture for me before. It was just, you said it very quickly, but you know, you said as you travel, and it wasn't an issue for you until you started traveling and speaking, you'd come across women who have had a passion and dream in their heart. And what I heard you saying, even though you didn't use these words, would it, it, it's been squashed by the culture of the church in which they Mm. are a part of. Is that Mm. fair? Yeah. That's a really, that's a picture that I find myself grieving over. For those, for women like that who are listening, what do you say to them? (laughs) um yeah look uh, i say like so generally it's something like a woman has a passion to go do something in a city she Mm. tells a pastor and he says no we're not doing that you know Mm. it doesn't Mm. serve our vision sure so i just because i I think that's ungodly we're we're Mm. not here to serve the pastor's Mm. vision the vision is to release the people so i just encourage them to try and find maybe some other women with Mm. the same passion in their city um and just start praying and 
just start something really. Yeah, well, um, okay. <laughs> and so unfortunately, you know, well, I don't know if it is or isn't, but this is how parachurch stuff rises up because the church isn't doing what it should be doing. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but then, yeah, God, God is desperate for um, his people to reach the oppressed, Absolutely. so he'll do whatever yeah. it takes. So one of the things, uh, I've read a few books that talk about how people outside the church perceive the church. One of the common things that comes up in that discussion is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, people outside the church perceive that the church is oppressive of women. That, mm. that you know, it's a mm. men's club. Totally. And some of that's justified. Mm. But it does, it does raise the question for me. And I've got some friends who I love who are theologically we'd call them complementarian. They mm. believe that men and women are different and mm. so are their leadership roles in the church. Mm. Now, I respect those those mm. guys who are friends of mine. I think they're wrong, mm. but I respect the <laughs> fact that they believe what they believe. Um, and I also have friends who are, who are like me and are more egalitarian. That's I'm just showing off my theological yes, terms and here. big words. Letitia, yeah. Who believe that, you know, um, Scripture paints a picture of women being um, not only allowed but encouraged to be in different leadership roles in the church and everything. But when I thought about this and I listened to you uh, in Sydney, the thought was coming to my head. I actually don't think it matters if you if you are. So we're talking not right now. I think we're talking not so much to the women who have that dream in their heart, but maybe the men and the leadership teams of churches that are, are pastors. Uh, sorry, leadership teams of churches who create a culture where women feel like this. Mm. And if you've used complementarian theology as, as a as a reason for that, I actually think you can stop doing that because I don't think it matters whether you're complementarian or egalitarian, you can still release your women into the city. Hmm. What's your, what are your thoughts on that? That's, uh, that's not really a yes. question, that's sort of my thought. What do you think? Yeah, look, you can still release them into mm. the city, but why can they go and lead something in the city and not in your church would yeah, be my on. question. Mm. Um, and yeah like you um i can't i'm not a theologian but from what i've read and studied i can't see anywhere where jesus Mm. inhibits (laughs) women or um yeah Yeah. he's just a total releaser of them there's women leading the new testament church funding his ministry speaking running businesses so yeah i just can't find and then they raise half the families so yeah it's it's hilarious that they can raise your sons but not Mm. other people in the church um, which boggles my mind and i think when you think that the new testament world in which jesus did all that was far more patriarchal than oh, it is now huge. like the context is huge. nothing like what it is now i mean if we think if we think we've reached equality we're kidding ourselves even in australia mm. but you go back 2000 years into into you know where jesus was was ministering and speaking mm. and and doing all of that and uh, the patri- the patriarchy mm. was another level Mm. so it makes it more phenomenal what he was doing with women look in the story of mary and martha which we use so much about how important it is just to stop and sit at jesus feet and that you're so spiritual if you do that mary's act of going and sitting and learning because women weren't Um, to learn back then so it was so counterculture (laughs) martha was just doing what women were expected to do the housework but mary broke the barriers and sat and learnt um because Suddenly, Jesus said, "You're worthy of an education, so that mm. you have a brain to change the world." Yeah, it's good. Um, so <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I love that story. Now I used to hate it because <laughs> I don't like to sit still. <laughs> Do you like, uh, you know, getting getting the supper ready and everything like that, like Martha was doing? <laughs> well, no, and I can't cook, so yeah, I'm not Martha or Martha Stewart. 
there's so I mean there's so many thoughts racing off in my head about different women in the Bible and the whole you know the egalitarian theology versus the complementarian theology and I'm no expert in all that um, I certainly have some strong views on it personally I'm going to try and rein that in because we are getting we're 12 minutes in of a 15 to 20 minute podcast so we won't we won't go there today um, let me ask you you have been championing this uh, and it's been I know it hasn't been easy I know it's there's been moments of pain and as there's been moments of success and, mm. and whatever else over your journey but with the pain I, the, the the picture i just painted of you know we're kidding ourselves if we if we feel we've reached equality in our country mm. um without giving your age away um <laughs> what do you hope will change in your lifetime yeah i hope we can get to the point where the church is the biggest champion equipper releaser of women yeah, wow. Uh, you know, I said this in Sydney, why is um, when Jesus is the most pro-woman man on earth, yet mm. his church yeah. <laughs> seems to be the most oppressive institution. Mm. Mm. Um, not Now, not everyone is. So I would just, I'd love to get to the point where I can speak all over the country and not have some man come up to me and say, what about the scripture that says women should be silent? Because that still yeah. happens. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I just get tired of having to have this argument um, yeah. and God bless them. Yeah. But um, I hope, yeah, because women, along with men, I mean, mm. we need the whole body, yeah. will yeah. change our cities. Yep. I'm going to quote myself, which is a bit yeah. egotistical, <laughs> yeah. but I, I mean, when I got up, I was emceeing after you spoke and, and what came to me is we don't just release our women like, okay, they're angry, they're a bit noisy, they're a bit frustrated. We'll release them out of our churches like, phew, we don't have to deal with them <laughs> <That's> anymore. <it. laughs> I, I don't think that's healthy. I think we release them, but then follow, you know, because I think our, our women who who um, are fighting that battle against oppression and injustice will actually lead us men into places that we need to go. And I've certainly experienced that following you, Letitia. I've experienced that following my wife as well, and yeah. and uh, and plenty of other women. So I am in the cheer squad, but I'm also right behind you. Yeah. Well, I hope we can all run together yeah, into our cities and use our strengths. Um, There'll be times when more are forward and behind and, yeah, let's run together. Run together. (laughs) Good way to finish. Mm. Thank you so much, Letitia Shelton. Thank you, Sam.